You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so tonight, Be'ezra Sashem, we're going to be continuing with our series of shirim on the inner world of anxiety. And tonight's shir is going to be titled The Shadow of Death. Now, before we even begin to try and speak a very little bit about this massive sugya, I first and foremost want to dedicate tonight's shir, Le'ilu Nishmas, my Saba, my holy Saba, Rav Yisrael, Ben Harav David, Hashem Yimkom Domo, was a kadosh. He was a person who survived the milchama, who went through all forms of death to come out the other side and to reaffirm life, specifically out of death. My Saba survived, and not only survived, but he taught Torah to countless individuals. He wrote Svarim. And more important than anything, he maintained a pristine, silent, almost mournful amuna that existed at the heart of everything. It was not an amuna that negated the experience of that which happened, but rather it was an amuna that survived that which happened. It was an irreducible spark of faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu in spite of all appearances and all experiences that seemed to try and blot out and darken that light. And my Saba Kadisha, my Holy Saba, Rabbi Yisrael, Ben Rav David, was a walking flame. He was a walking flame of a silent faith that survived even the deepest form of extinguishment. And anything I have to say or can say or have the slus to say is certainly due to my rootedness in my Saba's family, my Saba's younger brother, who's my namesake, Rabbi Yoeli, who also was Neherag al-Kiddush Hashem in Auschwitz itself. And so the shir should be Le'ili Nishmas, my Saba, as well as his brother, my namesake, Yaeli. And Be'ezer Sashem, with the schus of the Amuna that survives all things, that I should be zochet to shed a little bit of light in my own humble way to anybody who's willing to listen on this Sugya Kalalas. Because when it comes to talking about Misa, when it comes to talking about death, first and foremost, the attempt to speak about it in 40 minutes or so, is ridiculous because we're talking about a sugya that stretches from before creation, through creation, towards after creation, finding its expression in every one of the chalakim of the chumash, darkening and enlightening the eyes of those who have studied these texts for so long. But beyond that, beyond the richness and vastness in which Chazal and our tzaddikim have approached this sugya, there's an additional barrier that stands in front of me. And it's a, uh, it's a barrier that I'm grateful for, which is that I can only speak of the concept of death from my own particular posture and my own particular position. 
which Baruch Hashem has not been severe, has not been surprising, and it should always stay that way. But that being said, anything that I'm saying tonight should not be taken as speaking to those who have experienced true loss, traumatic loss, or misos mishunos, where a person is unable to move through the grieving process, Khalila. But rather what we're speaking about is a general makif, a surrounding way of talking about Misa in a generalized way. And not, God forbid, in a particularized way that attempts to give etza to people who find themselves in that sugya. That would be far beyond my capacity or even my chutzpah to try and do. But that being said, what we'll begin with is we're going to talk about the experience that we all have with the sugya of Misa which is the death awareness that is born out of it. When the existential psychotherapists, those who attempted to study the human condition from a perspective beyond the chemical and mechanical workings of psychology, when they decided to look at human experience and the human condition from a perspective of depth vision, of looking beyond the organism itself, what they announced in unison was that there were four general categories that create deep fear or anxiety or angst within the life of an individual. The first is a question of meaninglessness, of whether it's possible to uncover meaning in this world. The second is a question of responsibility, what it means to be responsible for oneself. Like we learned from Elazar ben Dredayev, that in hadavar talui elabi, that there's a certain moment of responsibility where a person recognizes that it is contingent upon my efforts right now. The third issue is that of isolation, loneliness, as Rav Soloveitchik spoke so beautifully about in The Lonely Man of Faith. And the fourth is death awareness. The fourth is the fact that as human beings on a certain level, we are unique in existence for being aware of our eventual mortality. And that in a world where suffolk blots out the light of clarity, the only thing that remains certain is the certainty of Yom Hamisa, is the certainty that things do not last forever. Now, when Adam and Chava were placed in Gan Eden, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Adam and Chava, partake from every tree, except for the Eitz Hadas Tevera, because the day that you will eat from that Eitz Hadas Tevera, Mois Tumas, will be the day that you experience death. Now the Ramban already, and that Pasuk, makes a remarkable distinction. The Ramban says, it, it's not that Adam and Chava were going to die the moment they partook of the Eitz Hadas. It doesn't even mean that human beings now became cursed with the awareness of the fact that things will eventually end. And that ending is outside of our control. Because the Ramban says, death awareness was part and parcel of the human condition from the very beginning. The klala, however, is that a person is going to feel that there's a hischaivas of Misa. That a person is going to feel as if it's always after that judgment. And that with the initial transgression of Adam and Chava, all of humanity was cursed to be born into a world where we always already feel as if Misa is chasing us. That's the klala. That instead of looking at Misa as a metzius, as a natural function of how HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to create human beings, the anxiety is death awareness. The anxiety is that 
apprehension or that anticipatory gaze towards an unknown future. And when we gaze deeply enough, what we come in contact with is a sense that somewhere out there is an end that I am unprepared for. And what this awareness of Misa does to an individual is it forces us to acknowledge the transiency of all things. It forces us to come in contact with the very simple but difficult truth that what we do will not last forever, that what we love will not last forever, that the relationships that we build and the bonds that we forge in this world and the experiences that we have stand ready to disintegrate, to fall away, to disappear into nothingness, into impossibility, into absence. And every element of Adam and Chava's life from that fateful moment of the original chait of the Eitz Adas is marked by the shadow of this anticipatory fear over an end that will come and stop the progress that we're experiencing in our own individual as well as collective experiences. Now, not arguing with the Ramban, but the Ramchal, Rav Moshe Chaim Litzato, points out in his Sefer Adir Bamarum, that in truth, the real punishment should have been that on the day that Adam and Chava partook of that eight sadas, they should have died immediately. As the Pasuk says, when you eat from it, tumas. But the Ramchal says, instead of dying right away, life itself became an elongated process of dying that the degradation and descent that Adam and Chava experienced from their original supernal presence in the world with clarity descended into a plane where death was a slow and extended process, where every day that a person surged forth into the future was another day closer to that expiration that stood at the ready, threatening every aspect of human beings' experience. Now, when it comes to trying to understand the anxiety that is born out of death, there's an instructive statement in Masecha Shabbos that says Rabbi Elazar told his students that the way to live your life as a spiritually attuned individual, as a person who has an awareness of how things are meant to go in this world, is to live your life with shuv yoim echad lefnei misasecha, return to HaKadosh Baruch Hu one day prior to your death. Almost as a warning that no matter what happens in a person's life, ensure that prior to your departure, prior to the end of things, make sure that you fix what needs to be fixed. Make sure that you do tshuva. And in innocence and in earnest, the students asked, but Rebbe, how do we know when we're going to die? We don't know when we're going to die. And what Rabbi Eleazar responds, he says, good, then every day should be lived in tshuva. So we see that on the one hand, Misa as a klala, Misa as that shadow that hovers over all human activity and productivity, that threat of things falling apart, that terror that rests at the core of all experience when a person contemplates the very real possibility that perhaps this will end some point before I am ready, that anxiety, that life begates Almavas, that life that is lived in the valley of darkness and that shadow of death, it provokes the human being into anxiety and fear and all sorts of attempts to protect themselves and to create nitzchias for themselves and to fight against their mortality 
and to claim that we have the right to immortality, as we see throughout the Parshios, when we see by Megdabavel, that they quite literally tried to kill God in order to become immortal in their own minds. So on the one hand, this awareness of death that human beings are cursed with is a symptom of the transgression that throws the individual into a state of anxiety and anticipation of some end that stands at the ready, some threat of annihilation of things ending that gives birth to a trembling within the self, a trembling that stops a person dead in their steps without any recourse to turn left or right, but rather to face the very real fact that things come apart, things fall apart and the center cannot hold. But on the other hand, but on the other hand, we see the statement of Rabbi Lazar. We see that death itself, the fact of death, the Metzias of Misa, is not something that is meant to provoke a melancholia or a sadness or even an angst within the individual, but rather it's meant to be the instigation or the thing that provokes us to return to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to throw ourselves into the lap of repentance, to try and move closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because on a certain level, facing that pending annihilation of the self, facing the possibility of things not lasting as long as I would like them to last, of bonds not remaining as strong as I hope they remain, instead of losing hope, instead of retreating back into the self, the neshama is filled with an urge to throw itself into the only thing that provides any recourse from this universal fear of Misa, which is connection to God. So on the one hand, the awareness of death is the curse that we bear. It's the mark that we carry. It's the burden that colors all experience with a certain hue of grayness when we become aware of the fact that this might not last. Nevertheless, it's also the birthplace of urgency. It's the birthplace wherein a person comes to recognize how profoundly urgent every moment of their lives are. Because if we lived forever, if Miso was not a thing, if we weren't perpetually aware of the fact that things fall apart and that what I hope will last forever will not necessarily last forever, we would take our sweet time. But in the face of the threat of annihilation, in the face of the threat of death, of loss, of disconnection, of absence, of the recognition that what we want so desperately to be in front of us is no longer in front of us, that propels an individual to throw themselves even deeper and more ferociously into the only thing that could provide any sort of comfort, which is the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As the Paitan says, Hinchi bayrech mimcha elecha. I run from you. I'm terrified by the prospect of absence and annihilation and all of the things that go bump in the night of death, of death bringing speech, of disintegration. But the only place that I know to run to out of my fear of death is to you is to the Or HaChayim, to the light of life, to that Nitzchias, to that promise of Bala HaMavas Lenetzach. And when a person connects themselves to Chayim, they're Makusher to Chayim. And so on the one hand, death is destructive, but on the other hand, death is what propels us forward. When we want to understand how Chazal looked at this sugya, how we looked at death, whether death was meant to be seen as an unfortunate symptom of some primordial transgression, 
or whether perhaps death was something that was rooted even deeper in the recesses of the infinite, prior even to a transgression, that death existed as a matter of fact without anything to do with human failure. And if that's the case, as Chazal will point out, then we have to try and understand that element of death that pre-existed human failure. Because if death pre-existed human failure, then that means that there's something essential about the Nakuda of Misa. That there's a purpose to Misa in the world even prior to Adam and Chava failing and creating this ripple effect of punishment and suffering. So the Medrash tells us when it comes to Rabbi Meir, the Medrash says as follows. The Medrash says in Bereshis Rabbah Teshei, Rav Shmuel ben Nachman says, Rachov hayisi al kaptav shel zakeni. I was walking on the shoulders of my grandfather. The oile meiro lekfar chanan. And we were moving away from his town to Kfar Hanan, Derech Beit Sha'an. Vishamati as Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, Yoshev Vidoirish Bashim Rabbi Meir. And I heard Rabbi Shimon ben Rabbi Lazar darshaning in the name of Rabbi Meir. Hine Tov Ma'od, Hine Tov Mavas. And it was very good. This is what it means that death is good. Commenting on this statement, the Rav, Rav Soloveitchik, makes very clear that Rabbi Meir was not somebody who was speculating about the nature of death. Rabbi Meir was not somebody who was simply philosophizing about the experience of death from an ivory tower, but rather Rabbi Meir himself was an individual who understood very deeply the experience of death. As the Rav writes, Rabbi Meir was a man who knew suffering in his private life. He had lost two children, lost his wife, lost his father-in-law, and he died a martyr's death. His marginal remark that at the twilight of the mysterious Friday, when creation was concluded, that God cast a glance and found even death to be good. So when Rabbi Meir tells us that death is also good, we're talking about somebody who understood the anxiety of death. We're talking about somebody who understood what it meant to live in a life that was cut through with the difficulty of loss and absence. This awareness of death, this fear of things not lasting is on a certain level we spoke about last week with regards to the awareness of time. That time teaches us that things pass away, that the past is past and the past is not necessarily retrievable. And as a result of shikha, which is the misas halev as Rabbi Nachman tells us, forgetfulness, which is the death of the heart, we come to understand that the things that have happened in this world, we don't have a way of connecting back to them. And that fear of losing what was once present is a universal fear that rests at the core of every individual, that the heart of every moment of joy, at the apex of joy, tachas hachupa, there's a shattering of the glass to remind ourselves to Always remember the transiency of things, even when you feel like all you want to do is sit right where you are forever. That in our human and natural desire for immortality, to experience things forever, to experience the good of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the good of our families, the good of experience, the good of the Torah infinitely, we're forced to remember 
that things are transient and things fall apart and things pass away. Now, it's important to understand that when we speak about death, like most sugyas in general, it's not limited to the physiological experience of death. We're not talking about the crass experience of death as we identify it, although we're speaking about that as well. But the Zohar Kadosh says something incredible, and this is in the Idra Rabbah. The Idra Rabbah says as follows, after talking about death, and this is what's written in the Idra Rabbah and Daf Kufla Medhei, and if you want to claim that something has died, and that death means that it is gone eternally, the idbatlu lagamre, that it is completely nullified. Lav hachi, that's not the case. Ela kolman dinochis midarga kadbo'o dehave be kari be misa, kida amart vayamach melat mitzrayim. The Zohar Kadush says something remarkable that if you think that death simply means death, then you misunderstand. There are a thousand deaths a day a million deaths in life, any moment that a person experiences a degradation, any moment that a person descends from their previous spiritual standing, it's considered death on a relative level. The experience I had has now died and I have descended into a lower space, into that kever, and that fall, that descent into the mind, into the emotions of the heart, into confusion, can be felt as an experience of death. So it doesn't have to be the physiological death that we're afraid of, but rather that sense that things will not last on any level, that is the encounter that we have with death. But again, as Rabbi Meir tells us, Hine tov ma'od, it's very good. Why? Because the very possibility, the very anxiety that we live with, which reminds us on a moment-to-moment -moment basis that things might fall apart and things won't last forever, propels us to descend even deeper to that experience, to find the essence of that moment where we say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, okay, even if this is the only moment of my life, even if this is the only day that I get to serve you, even if this is the only experience that I have, I will make it count for everything that death and the transiency of things and the awareness that things will not last forces us to throw ourselves with renewed fervor into the present moment with everything that we have. So death becomes the instigator of tshuva, the awareness that things will be darkened and fall apart and that we will not exist forever propels us to live with urgency in the exigency of the moment to dive deeply into what is present in front of us at every moment. Like Rabbi Nachman tells us, the only way to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu properly is to throw ourselves with abandonment into the moment in front of us, killing off the past, killing off the possibility of a future, because nothing is given. It's the shuv yom echad when we don't know, and therefore every moment has to be lived as if it's cut through with the threat of annihilation at that very moment. Not in a tzabrachin way, God forbid, not in a broken way, but rather in a hinei tov ma'oid zemavas. Tov is chayim. Tov is plain, it's plain good, it's stabilized good, it's a stagnant good, it's a boring good. Tov ma'od, you want to know how to potentiate and intensify and draw out the intensity of experience that rests in every moment? Draw death awareness into your mind. Become aware and don't forget that things don't last forever. Rabbi Nachman says something just remarkable, and those of you who have listened to me in the past know how much I love this teaching. 
Benachman says it in two places. He says it in Torah Yud Zayin, and he says it in Torah Kuf Ayin Zayin, in the Chela Karishon of Lukutim Maran. But we're going to talk about it in the context of Rashbi right now. Rabbi Nachman points out that we find something strange when it comes to the Zohar. That before Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai would get up to share secrets of the universe, Matan Torah, before Rabbi Shimon came out and revealed the world, before he opened his mouth and tore open the concealment of the world to show the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that shines within, the Chavraya, his friends, would sit there and cry. They would cry their eyes out and they would say, Kadisha. Woe to the generation who has lost the Butsina Kadisha. Woe to the generation who has seen the departure of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And Rabbi Nachman asks a very simple but penetrating question. He's not dead. What are you mourning? He's right in front of you. He's about to share Torah to you. But Rabbi Nachman says, Azoi, he says that we learn out the emergence of the Neshami Yaseira on Shabbos from the Pasuk Vayinofash, from the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu rested. And Chazal tell us that Kevan Shashavas Vay of the Nefesh. Because we're aware of the fact that when Shabbos departs, when Shabbos dies, we will be in mourning over the departure of our additional soul and the anticipatory anxiety over that loss, which we feel at Erev Shabbos, is the proof that we have for the presence of the additional soul. It's an incredible teaching. The anxiety that we feel over some future loss which has not yet arrived is the very proof that what we're afraid of losing is here right now. And Rabbi Nachman says that in accordance with the deep desire that a person has to connect with something, whether it be a loved one or a moment or an experience or a dream, Commensurate with that is going to be the anticipatory mourning that says, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose this. This is not going to last forever. And it's specifically out of the collision of those two emotions, those sentiments, the desire of of let this be forever. Let this moment never end. With the shared awareness simultaneously that this moment will end. Avai of Danefesh. The confrontation, the impossible unity between the paradox of loss and stability, of fluidity and stagnation, of movement, of running and returning, of presence and absence, darkness and light, that's what gives birth to the intensity of the moment. That's what allows the Chavraya to be fully aware of, oh my God, Rabbi Shimon's right in front of us right now. And it's not going to last forever, and we have to allow that fear to propel us to throw ourselves into that moment even deeper that it's specifically the fact that things fall apart that allows us to experience things in their momentariness with the urgency of being present right there, right there at that moment. Hayom, I don't know when I'm going to die. And therefore, I have to assume that it is today. I have to serve you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as if this is the only moment to serve you. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the hero of the Zohar HaKadosh, the hero of Panimiya Satora, the whole sugya of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's life was the sugya of Misa, was being metaking the sugya of Misa. As Rabbi Nachman writes in the Hakdama to Lukuta Maran, with regards to the remez that is hinted to in the name Yochai, Shaloi Tishkach Mi Pizarro, about the promise that Torah will never be forgotten. Again, forgetfulness is an aspect of death, 
Rabbi Shimon came to fight against death. The drasha that Rabbi Nachman uses to describe the power of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the power of this chayim ad oilam, of perpetual and infinite life, even past death, is lechu chazu mif'alos Hashem asher sham shamos ba'aretz. Come and see the wonders of God who has placed destitution and destruction in the land. And when contemplating this destruction, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai says, Altik Rashamos, don't read it as destruction, but rather Shamos, rather as names. That the job of the tzaddik, the job of the tzaddikim ha'amitim is to look at the likelihood of destruction, to look at the inevitability of loss, and instead of returning back ashen-faced because they've gazed too long into the abyss of absence, to return back with a renewed desire to name names, to make things permanent, to live with a transient permanency, to feel as if this will last forever even though I know it won't, to throw myself into the urgency of the moment, the desire to connect HaKadosh Baruch Hu Sham right there. And we find on Lag Ba'omer, the celebration of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai's life is dafka by his Misa, is specifically when he dies. And the Idrizuta, that small gathering, are the secrets that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was capable of revealing specifically at the moment of death. Rabbi Shimon laughed. Rabbi Shimon was smiling at the moment of death because the last words on his lips were Chaim Ad Oilam, infinite life. Because when a person peers through the anxiety of death, when a person confronts that reality that things will not last forever, the transiency of things, and we allow ourselves to gaze unflinchingly at that terrifying thought that we so often try and cover up and secure around, and all of our symptoms, all of our struggle, all of our self-doubt on a certain level can be seen as our attempt to fight against death awareness, to pretend that we're immortal, to pretend that the world belongs to us and not the other way around, to pretend that we're in charge and not HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When a person is able to see through that, when a person follows the words of Rabbi Nachman who says that the Iker is not to be afraid, the Iker is not to think that we live forever. The Iker is to be aware of death, but not to be afraid of death. That even though I walk in the valley of darkness, the darkness of death bringing speech, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid, Rabbi Shalom, because you're with me. When we can peer through the terror that death brings to us in all of its various manifestations, when we can see beyond those wide open eyes that Chazal tell us that when the Malach HaMavas comes to a person, when the Malach HaMavas arrives, that it's Malay Enayim, that the Malach HaMavas is filled with eyes. And as our Tzadikim have said that the concept of death is what forces us to live with our eyes open, to be fearful, to be afraid, to be on the lookout. When a person squints their eyes, as Rabbi Nachman tells us, to see through the pain, to see farther than destruction, what we encounter is the urgency of connecting Takadish Baruchu at that moment. Like it says by Mashiach Tzidkenu, Ani I have born you today, because all that exists is today, and every day is its own universe. And that sense of transiency is what gives birth to the intensity of the moment. So Rabbi Shimon reveals on his deathbed, Chaim Ad Oilam. You want to know how to live true life? Move through the death-bringing anxiety. Move through that threat, that Adam experience that you're going to die. And recognize that life does not stop being life 
in the shadow of death, but rather life takes on the intensity of itself in the shadow of death. This is madhas. It's what forces us to be more than we are in the present moment. When the malachim wanted to receive the Torah, the malachim were mad. They were angry. They were jealous. They did not want HaKadosh Baruch Hu to give the Torah to Bnei Yisrael. And the answer that HaKadosh Baruch Hu offers to Moshe Rabbeinu in order to prove the malachim wrong is that you don't die. And if you don't die, you have no shaykhs to the Torah. Ki adam ayamus because the Torah tells us that it is for the human being who dies within the Ohel. Death is not some symptom that is a deviation away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's desire. The anxiety, the paralyzing anxiety of death is a symptom, as we're going to see. But the awareness of death, the presence of death, the awareness of transiency, that's what propels us even further into the Torah. Of lulei sayrascha sha'ashuai azavadati bi'oni. That if it were not for the Torah that gives me strength, the Torah is that life-giving force that survives death. We don't live in the fear of death. We live in spite of death. We live through death. We're not living towards death. We're living after death. Moshe Rabbeinu received gifts from all of the malachim. And he retrieved the neshama of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. But Chazal on that Pasuk tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu received gifts from everybody. And the most important gift that Moshe Rabbeinu received was from the Malach HaMavas himself. That Moshe Rabbeinu forced death to offer it, its gifts to us. And those secrets were the secret of Ketairas. That pungent odor that ascends out of constriction and difficulty. That chelbana, that disgusting element of human conditional. That anxiety of being human, that threat of annihilation and the shivering and the trembling that is born out of that, that scent is the pleasing scent of the Ketairas. That's the secret that the Malach HaMavas offers us. How to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with intensity. It's that Sike Kedeira, it's that pungent odor that Moshe Rabbeinu could not smell. It's the intensity that ascends from HaKadosh Baruch Hu specifically when we serve him in our transiency. So on the one hand, death is the anxiety-producing fear that things will end at any moment. Avai of the nefesh, things are going to depart. But at the same point, death is the birthplace. The awareness of death is the birthplace of what allows us to throw ourselves even deeper into the arms of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the teaching of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. That's the teaching of Moshe Rabbeinu. That's the teaching of David Melech Yisrael Chai V'Kayim. That's the teaching of Yitzchak, the laughter of Yitzchak, who is dead and alive at the same point, because he survives death. Vilna Gon tells us something remarkable. He said, stop being so afraid of death. Klal Yisrael has already died. The destruction of the Beis Hamikdash was our death. And being kicked out into Chutz Aretz was our burial. And when our enemies attacked us, those were the worms and the bugs that ate away at our flesh. And the yeshivos that we had and the kedusha that we had was the remnant, that irreducible remainder that survives death. And even that is gone. And at this stage, all we wait for is tchias hamesin. The Vilna Gon says that, that we're living after death. We're aware of the chait. We're aware of the fact that things are transient. But instead of falling prey to that sadness, we live with an ahava aza kamavas, with a love that is as fierce as death, a love that is born out of the transiency of it, 
a feeling that this will not last forever and therefore I need to throw myself even farther into it. I have to say, and this is revealing a, a little bit about myself, but I had the schus of doing taharos for a little bit in the community that I live in. And the reason, the impulse behind doing taharos, behind the purification process of death was death anxiety something that plagues me on a regular basis, an awareness of the transiency of things and a fear that things will end at whatever given point. And I felt in line with something that my Bobby, she should live and be well, did as well, as well as what the Rav writes about his grandfather, Rav Chaim, that when Rav Chaim was assaulted with death anxiety, what he did was he threw himself into learning the halachos of Avelis, that by objectifying this subjective concern, what we do is we enable ourselves to look at it from a distance and to realize that the thing we're most afraid of is not going to destroy us. And the experience of doing taharos in a community where no matter who you are, if the shame of Judaism is applied to you in whatever type of way, you go through a tahara. The experience of tahara is facing Thomas Mace, is the acknowledgement that sting of death, that small point of poison that exists in the world, but the process of the Tara, the cleansing, the purification, and most importantly, the psukim that are said. The psukim that we say during Taharos are the psukim of Shir Hashirim. The psukim, they're the Mishnah of Amre Biakiva Ashrechim Yisrael Lifne Miatim Mitarim Mimitar Eschem Avichim Shabashamayim. Every Yid, every person who goes through that experience is dressed in white like a Kohen Gadol ready for the Avoida in the Pnimius of the Pnim, of the Kodesh HaKadashim. The experience that I left with was the awareness that the Neshama survives death. Our Koyach survives death. Even after that encounter, even after that loss of simply the objectification of human experience where there's no more subject left, nevertheless, there's the Kohen Gadol the Kohen Gadol who was not allowed to look at death, who lived in a world that was beyond death, that world of Chaim Ad Oilam, that world of life forever, even through death. And with this, I want to end, Be'ezra Sashem, with the words of the Kohen Gadol Me'achiv, the Ra'ayah HaKadosh, Rav Avr Kohen Kuk. This is in the second Chelek of Ayres HaKadosh. And Rav Kuk writes as follows. After describing how death is simply a false vision and the fear of death is what paralyzes us from experiencing life in and of itself, Rav Cook continues to say that the poisonous nature of death is only redeemed by those kohanim, by those sacred individuals who don't look at death, who see beyond things falling apart, who are aware of the anxiety but nevertheless push forward, search forward. And then Rav Cook says, in a teaching referred to as Hashichrur Meyira Samavas, freedom from the fear of death. Kol Amel Ha'adam, all effort of the human being, is an attempt to free oneself from the dangers of death. But in truth, the only way to move forward is by intensifying our neshama from that inward sense, that intensification that takes place through the urgency of the moment when one recognizes that things won't last forever. The true medication through which the world will be healed from the sickness of death 
They're hidden within the inner recesses of life, in the soul of the Torah. That is revealed again that the entirety of Primiya Torah is teaching us how to fight against death, is teaching us that everything is Tchiyasamesim, everything is rectifying itself. And Rav Kook continues and he says, the essential way of overcoming this annihilating anxiety of death, it only comes out of the true appreciation of life according to its essential nature. Not the nature that we think that will exist beyond death, but rather the essential nature of each and every moment. As long as everything is silent, and life is only stuck within the noise of anxiety, the love of life is only the opposite of our fear of death. And there's no way to talk about getting over this anxiety. Amnan, says Rav Kook, we don't have to always live this way. We don't have to be crippled by death's anxiety. We don't always have to live at this lowly level. To the point where life is not valuable except that it's the opposite of death. How? By disclosing the true and supernal nature of life, the ability to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the ability to connect to Nitzchiyas and Chayim, we have the ability of drawing ourselves closer to the true and essential love of life. The anxiety of death is a very real thing where a person lives under the cut and the sword where they're aware that things might end. But that anxiety is meant to propel a person even deeper, even deeper into the belief that this world is a world worth living and worth serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu in. And by doing that, we not only free ourselves from the fear of death, but we elevate Misa. We bring Misa back up to its source. We experience Mesiris Nefesh, giving of ourselves, overcoming our fear, and serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the moment itself. Be'ezrus Hashem, who we're going to discuss next week, is going to be the Laha Tacharef HaMesapeches, when Adam and Chava are cast out beyond Gan Eden and the experience of doubt and ambiguity as the birthplace of anxiety, and most importantly, how we learn to deal with it. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.